The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Kelly Henderson, and you are listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. My guest this week is Holly D. Ramey. Holly is an intuitive tarot reader, and she's actually been on the Velvet's Edge podcast before back in March, which feels like a lifetime ago at this point in 2020. But on the last podcast, she read my cards, and I learned so much about myself and the energy surrounding what was happening in my life at that point. I wanted to have her back in to talk about the energy of what's happening collectively right now in the universe and in our country and just what we can put our personal energy and focus into during what seems to be a time of great breakdowns and change. It can all feel very overwhelming to me on many days. So some sort of guidance and positive outlook always helps. Here's our conversation. Okay, so Holly, you've obviously been here before. If you guys have not listened to the podcast I did with Holly, um, I don't even remember. This was last year at some point, right? Um, you're an intuitive tarot reader. And so you read my cards and we kind of talked through that process, what that looked like. And I was texting with you yesterday because it's just like, what is happening in 2020? There is just so much. And What's one thing that's really helped me is your Instagram because you'll do like the different card posts, the card you pulled that day, and you kind of explain how it applies to the universe and what's happening right now. So I wanted to talk to you because I just feel like there is so much shit going on. And um, can you just shed any sort like help us out here? Can you kind of just talk through like what you do and um, things that you've been seeing lately? Yeah, it's so funny because the the day we spoke and recorded that podcast was the day after the tornado hit Nashville. Oh my gosh, was it really? Which was only early March, but it feels yeah. like it was a year ago. That literally feels like a year ago. Wow. And it was really like since then because COVID hit like what, two weeks later? Yep. Um that shit hit the fan in 2020. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even believe that was in 2020 that I talked to you. I genuinely thought that was last year. Wow. Yeah. 
And like so much has happened since then that it feels like so long ago. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I do is, um, you know, I'm a Reiki master, I'm a tarot reader. Um, and I also do new moon ceremonies every month. And so I'm often looking at the collective energy and looking at what's going on in society and the energy of the collective, and how that applies to what's happening in astrology, what is happening in the cards that I'm pulling and the readings that I'm doing. And more and more, as you do this work, I think any intuitive will tell you that um, there's always um, a theme and a collective theme that usually mirrors what's going on in the individual and also in the stars. So there's this energy of like, as above, so below. Yeah. And if you read or you even see like a lot of astrologers on Instagram, I used to wonder like, why are they so political? Why are they always posting about like activism and politics and these things? And after doing this work for so long, I started to realize it's because if you're, if you call yourself a healer or a witch or anyone who's like paying attention to energy, then you're going to see these things being reflected on a collective level as well. Oh, I see. Okay. So that's the, uh, uh, as above, so below. We talked about that in the last podcast too. So can you give us kind of a collective theme that you've been seeing in your readings? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. I feel that. (laughs) Yeah. We're in the middle of what's called eclipse season, and this generally happens a couple times a year, and the eclipses are usually come in pairs or sets of three, and so we just had a solar eclipse in Cancer, and they always happen on the new moon, and then in a week and a half, we're going to have another lunar eclipse, and this will shore up or finish the eclipse season of the summer. And then we'll have another one in December and January. And so they generally happen every six months. And what you see during this time, you can think of a solar eclipse as um, kind of like a full moon energy, but even more intense. They tend to like shake up, transform, initiate, um, and really bring out like anything bring out any kind of shadow or illusion, anything that's like ready to be healed and transformed will be triggered during an eclipse season. So that, okay, that this week, right, we had one or was it last week? I can't remember exactly. It was on Sunday. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you know how um, with the full moon, if you're, uh, I mean, I'm a cancer. So I'm very guided by the moon. And anytime there's a full moon, I won't even know a lot of times that that's happening, but I can't sleep. It's just Mm -hmm. like my body cannot sleep. And I had that same issue this past week. Like, and I was, I kept asking myself, I'm like, this is not, I kept checking. I, I thought this is not a full moon. So what is going on with me? But can that, can the eclipse stuff cause that kind of stuff as well? Absolutely. I barely sleep on full moons. Yeah. Um, Even in the last 48 hours, one of the outer planets, Neptune, uh, moved retrograde. And I've I've had intense dreams and trouble sleeping. Mm -hmm. And Neptune is associated with the dream world and fantasy and illusion and sleep. Um, There's also a 
a lot of planets retrograde right now. There's yeah. like five. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot happening in the stars. And if you're energetically sensitive, you may feel it. Now, you're a Cancer, and this whole eclipse season is on the Cancer Capricorn axis. So this is your, so all the cardinal signs, if you're a Cancer, a Cap, an Aries, or a Libra, which I'm an Aries with Libra rising, you're a Cancer, those signs are may feel it more intensely. Okay. And what I'll say for like the listeners, if they really want to see how this could be affecting them personally, what you can do is look at your birth chart and look at the sign of Cancer see what house it's in and if there's any planets there and then look at the fourth house and see what sign it's in and if there's any planets there and that can give you a really good depiction of how this eclipse season will actually affect you on a personal level because collective themes will come up but there, it also can hit very different places in our personal birth charts so like okay. for me this is like a really straightforward example. So for me, my fourth house is in Capricorn. Yeah. And this and the fourth house has to do with like home, family, the people who you call your family, whether it's blood family or your chosen family, your sense of safety, your sense of structure. So every year this around this time in June, we have this eclipse season. Every year around this time, my stepsons arrive here in Nashville to live with us for the summer. So my sense of family, home, structure gets completely rearranged and disrupted. Um, and it and says I that to, in your chart? Well, I mean, or being, yeah, yeah, because my fourth house is that's where my fourth wow. house is. And so it, it just happens that those two things align together. Yeah. It's like my stepson's come and then my sense of home and safety and security and how to, how to blend two families together. Yeah. You know, if you are anybody out there listening, a step parent, there's like, there's, mm -hmm. you know, challenges I can relate to that. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I go from having to care for one child to caring for three children sure. and, and it brings up some inner child wounds of my own growing up with step parents. And, you know, it's a whole thing. Yeah. And so it can be really, really useful to see like how this is hitting your chart and what lessons you feel like you're moving through right now. So that's really interesting because you said that that happens to you every year. So this eclipse season happens every year. So what's funny is that the axis will change. So okay. the Cancer Capricorn axis has been going on since 2016. And that is around the time that I, I, I actually moved a little before that, but that is around the time that we started having them come down here for the summer. Okay. And so, and before that it was in a different, you know, axis and, you know, I was living in New York and the boys were there too. And we had a totally different family structure. So yeah, it will change this, um, 2020, uh, is the last of the summer eclipses being in Cancer and Capricorn. Okay. So actually, this one feels really intense, um, but it is going to be the last set here. So we're really shoring up and, and kind of sussing out anything else that needs to be addressed in these areas. 
Interesting. Okay, so you, the eclipses happen, and this has been happening for four years, I guess now. But why yeah. does 2020 feel so intense? I mean, you mentioned there's a bunch of retrogrades happening as well, which I know we just mm-hmm. got out of Venus. Was that today even? Uh, I think or Venus, Venus went direct. Yeah, yesterday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or today. It may have been okay. like right between today and yesterday. And then, uh, no, Neptune, you mentioned, isn't there a Mercury retrograde? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is awesome. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's just, and I can't say, I'm not, a, I'm not by trade an astrologer. Right. Um, but I think that, you know, we are shifting as a planet, we are shifting and shadow work is being done. Um, you know, and you can read about from different astrologers, all kinds of things. Some people will say it's because we're entering the age of Aquarius. Other people will say we're like upgrading into like a new dimension from 3d to 5d. There's all these theories. Um, And I can't say like what's true. I don't think there's any like absolutes or any rights or wrongs. Um, But I think what's being asked of us now is to look at a lot of the shadow that's being unearthed within our collective and deal with it. And I think it's really interesting how we had this pandemic occur and we all had to slow down our lives and really just like stop doing many of the things that we usually do. Right. And everyone got really quiet and really still. And then we had, you know, this whole racism movement occur. And I think, and I wonder if that would have happened, if we would have listened in the same way, if we hadn't had the pandemic, I would have paid attention. Yes. I've said that a million times. I mean, because it's not like this is the first time we've heard this Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. you know, but all of a sudden it was like we finally heard it. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not the first time it was said, I guess. And so yeah. um, I, I've said that exact thing that this I, there was no mistake that it happened the way that it happened. Yeah. And actually, if you look at the astrology of that, like the last time Mercury was retrograde in 14 degrees cancer, which happened just a few days ago. Um, it was in that same exact degree, the day that the black lives movement was created. It was the day that the police officer who killed Trevon Martin was, um, acquitted. Wow. Um, and so, you know, that was back in 2013. That was the last time that Mercury was retrograde in that degree of cancer. And so what we're seeing now has happened before, like you said, and now these themes are coming back around and you can see some of these transits that are also connected to the Rodney King riots and then the movements from the late sixties. And so I've even seen some tied to the, I think it was the American revolution, like way Mm -hmm. back when, and it's Mm -hmm. just all of those same dynamics and they haven't happened in the same time since a lot of that major change or shift was happening. So I've kind of like, yeah, I've been curious what we're going to actually come out of this as, because it seems like the energy is very in the mode of change. Yeah. 100%. 
Well, you mentioned the shadow stuff and I told you I wanted to talk a little bit about this because you posted about it and I've seen, um, we mentioned the holistic psychologist who's a great account to follow and a couple other people I've seen that I can't think of off the top of my head, but they've mentioned this shadow. And so can you Mm -hmm. kind of explain to us what is the shadow side that um, maybe we're being asked to look at right now? So shadow work is a term that we use um, in the healing world. I see it a lot in the psychology world. Um, And it's really just shadow work is the work of looking at the places within ourselves that we hide or we shame or we blame. Um, And we do this out of a desire to be loved and accepted. Mm. Um, And it usually happens when we're younger and, you know, we're very adaptable as young people. And so we can assess a situation and learn and observe and understand quickly what behaviors or what characteristics about us will be accepted and what won't. Right. And so this could be something really simple or something really deep and traumatic. Um, and, and, and everybody has a shadow side. Like nobody's immune from this. Um, and it is simply like the places that we hide away from the world, um, in order to feel that acceptance. Oh my gosh. I just had this like aha moment because when you, now that I remember that you read my cards in March, there was a lot Mm -hmm. of codependency stuff coming up in the cards Mm -hmm. And I was kind of feeling it, but not fully. And then um, lately what's been happening is I've sort of integrated into what you were talking about, like the step-parent situation with Mm -hmm. my boyfriend's kids. And it's been awesome. But I'm also noticing that I don't know how to keep boundaries. Like, Mm -hmm. so I'm overextending myself and doing everything for everyone else. You know what I'm saying? All of that stuff. And I've been bumping up against that so much. And it just dawned on me that this is what I'm supposed to work on right now, obviously. Yeah. So there's some shadow work there. Yeah. And we we all have to do it. And like, yeah. And if we look at what's happening right now in the collective, if you are engaged in anti-racism work, then you must be engaged in shadow work because the first step in anti-racism work is is acknowledging that sure. you are racist. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that is some, like, it is not cute or fun no. or easy to look at your shadow. You have to be able to accept with love and compassion the fact that you have this thing that you feel deeply uncomfortable yeah. with and that you perceive to be a quote-unquote bad or wrong thing about yeah. you. And, like, if, if anyone has been, I'm sure many of the listeners have been looking at this and doing this work and they're realizing like, wow, you know, like there is this part of me and it makes me so uncomfortable and I just want to, and that's why you see black educators saying like, we're not going to teach you how to do this. Like it's not part of our, you know, emotional labor to teach you how to not be racist. Right. You have to do that on your own. And you know, there's a lot of performative activism going on. And um, that's not shadow work. That's just like, 
posting something or jumping on a bandwagon mm-hmm. because everybody else is doing it. And mm-hmm. like the real work is going to take place in quiet moments between you and you where you can be vulnerable enough to sit with the things that feel bad and scary. That is huge because I hear a lot of people saying, you know, you just have to do the work. And I'm like, well, what does that even mean? What does do the work mean? But I think what your, your point is so huge and that a huge step in the work is looking at that and like looking in the mirror and reflecting back the things that you don't want to see and accepting them because that without doing that, you can't actually ever look at change. Totally. And as white women, it's so easy to bypass this work, you know, because yeah. that's what we've been doing. And and to bypass it is our privilege. Right. Um, and we can say, like, I'm too busy or I don't know how to do it or, you know, this doesn't apply to me or I don't see color. And then, like, then we just become a part of the problem. We continue to suppress that shadow and then nothing changes. Right. And that's why if we don't work on our shadow, we will continue always to see it reflected back to us in our relationships and in the collective. So that's a huge point, too. It's like you can't. Because that, to me, that is the biggest energy that I feel right now is as much as you want to not look at your shit, there's no choice. Like Mm -hmm. literally the world is stopping and we, and even now like coronavirus, everyone's kind of acting like it's not a thing anymore, but like the numbers are rising. (laughs) So I'm just like waiting for it to come back to where we have to isolate again, you know? And it's just like, there's no running away right now. It feels like the world is saying like, Hey, you guys need to Mm. stop. You need to look at yourselves and ask yourself, like, are you actually the person that you're saying that you are? Or are you, are there things that you could look at and change and grow to have more empathy for your fellow man? You know, like any of that stuff. It's like, we can't avoid it. We have been raised in a culture of individualism that has turned into selfishness and we have to learn how we are being called to return back to unity consciousness to where we think as a collective instead Mm. of as an individual and it's not our fault that we were born into this system and onto this planet during this time and in this like deeply toxic patriarchal system however like I believe we incarnated here for a reason, like in America. Believe me, like I'm like, I want to move to Canada or Costa Rica (laughs) or fucking Denmark. Right. (laughs) I don't think that's my job. Like, I don't think that's my work now. Like I, I want to be able to like sit and watch my Instagram stories without seeing like 100 accounts of violence and hatred and disgusting shit. Cause that used to be the way that I like decompose impressed and like of course I have that feeling of like oh man I wish things could go back to normal we all feel that yeah but that's our shadow that's our shadow is that the shadow well that's the ego telling you to like ignore the shadow yeah I've been in like even the social media stuff like you're saying I've been stressed I'm like can't we just go back to normal you know and like you crave that the the thing that you know I guess the comfortable yeah, we want to see, you know, just like people splashing around on the beach and right. having 4th of July parties right. and like summer fun. And like we all kind of long for that. But, you know, 
this is like a dark night of the soul moment right. for our country. Like we can't hide from it. And the more we try to fight against it, I think the more intense it's going to become. And I do think it's going to get more intense. You do. It. Yeah. I mean, not crazy, but I do think there's a lot, you know, this is, this is, a marathon (laughs) or it's Mm -hmm. not a sprint Mm -hmm. like we have to we have to first wake up that's the first step that feels like where we are now yeah exactly exactly so that's like step one yeah and I think that we as the younger generations um are becoming I think our work here on this planet is more emotional um, where like our parents and boomers and, and people in that generation, you know, there was very much this kind of like authoritative parenting and like children should be, you know, seen and not heard. Right. Um, and it created a lot of, uh, trauma and disassociation and not a lot of like emotional connectivity Mm -hmm. and so it kind of fed into that sense of like selfishness and and also just like what does our what does our country and our society and capitalism ask us to do Mm -hmm. to produce to consume um and this is how we find value this is how we find worth in a culture that just keeps asking us to work and work and work and buy and buy and buy and do and do and do and then all of a sudden we're left with a you know climate change and like the earth is screaming at us like and it's time to stop and slow down and question what we're doing here we're we're disconnected from each other and we're disconnected from earth energy um and we're disconnected from our emotions and so i think right now is the time when we can really like start to refocus on unity yeah and um we now have more tools than our previous generations um you know it's it's okay to go to therapy now <laughs> it's right everyone thing. talks about therapy yeah. yeah i mean the fact that instagram psychologists are hot right now oh yeah and so are like and so is what i do like this is a sign that we are waking up and we are wanting to heal and we are wanting to care about each other more and i think this is a good thing If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code Velvet's Edge at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if you, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's so interesting what you mentioned earlier about being, um, you know, and I know everyone has different beliefs about whether we reincarnate or we choose to come to the world when we come and all of those things. But there's something in that for me, I know, that feels very much like, again, this is not a mistake that I am here during this time because of the things that my, you know, my heart desires, that my emotions that I seek out constantly that make me feel comfortable, that are the, the, you know, the challenges I've faced in my life have forced me into, it's felt like, but it feels like no mistake. And I just... I can't help but have that feeling, like you said, that our generation is leaning more into let's get real. Let's talk about the real stuff. Let's talk about the shadow side. Let's like face ourselves. And I'm so curious where it's going to go. Yeah. And I mean, we can see how it's happening now on a collective level. Like this anti-racism work is our country's shadow. And like, if you think of the U.S. as an entity, like the U.S. has a birth chart, too, you know. And if we look at it, we can see that, like, it is now this time where the shadow is being shown. You know, our history has been hidden from us and we've been lied to. Right. And it's like if you look at you know, Germany, they, they teach, <laughs> they go to concentration camps and they teach children, school children, their history. Um, and we, we haven't done that. We have whitewashed history mm. and made it look pretty and it's not true. But our, our, our country was founded on stolen land and built on the backs of slaves. Right. And, and that's a, fucking problem that we don't know about that that's a problem that up until three weeks ago I had no idea what Juneteenth was I know I felt the same about that that's so true but it's just like what you're saying it's like we just don't look at it that's interesting to think about other countries and how they they just look at it 
versus yeah. us just like pretending it's not there almost. Yeah. Or breathing over that, it. Yeah. And like, it's been, it's not that we, well, we have pretended that it's not there, but we've also been sold lies. Right. <laughs> like, right. And taught that we've been disillusioned. Yeah. And, you know, I spoke about it earlier, but like Neptune, um, Neptune is the planet that kind of governs um, illusion. Mm. And um, when it goes retrograde, it's kind of like this veil being lifted where we can see things clearly. We can wow. see what was hidden. And so I think um, there will be kind of a mass uncovering of things that were, have been hidden before, have been in shadow. And shadow no longer becomes shadow when it sheds when we shed it's light out in on the it. open. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So since the tarot card stuff is, um, really your world, is there anything that you've seen in the past week or that you see like coming? I don't, does that, has that how that works? Can you see future stuff through that? I mean, I'm not, and I always tell my clients, like, I'm not a fortune teller. Like, yeah. I'm not going to tell you that like in three years or two years, this is what's going to happen. Um, I do often pull cards for like past, present and future, but okay. I see the future card as like an invitation for you yes. to step into, but like everything I see can be, I believe in free will. Like, I don't believe that like, you know, I'm going to pull these cards and it's like predestined. Yeah. Um, they're just lessons we need to learn, but we have to do the work of actually like learning them and, you know, going through that. And sometimes we, we procrastinate, mm -hmm. you know, we, we listen to the ego, we want to stay comfortable. And that's fine, too. I think eventually, like, we'll get many, many opportunities for them to come. I think the universe is abundant in that way. And, um, but what I, I've been seeing, um, or what I'll speak to as far as the tarot is that like, 2020, is what we call an emperor year. Okay. And we we do this, tarot readers do this um, just by connecting numerology to the year. And so you can look at like what, you can add up all the numbers of your birthday okay. to what year it is and see for you personally like what year you're in. So 2020 is two plus two is four and number four is the card of the emperor. And the funny thing is, is that like, you know, back in December when I was just a hopeful girl, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just not worried about a thing. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Had no idea what was coming. From no. <laughs> and I was so excited about 2020 because the emperor is like connected to Aries energy and I'm an Aries. Right. And I was like, yes, oh, this God. is going to be my year. And like, <laughs> You know, the emperor in his like high vibe is masculine energy and masculine energy is productive. It is structural. It is organized. It is stable. Um, it manifests well. Um, and <laughs> and when I pull the emperor card for people, I actually usually use the um, metaphor of government and oh. say that like. You know, government, when working well, 
is structure and organization for the good of the collective. So we pay our taxes and then our garbage gets picked up and then there's streetlights that produce order. And then, you know, our mailman comes and the kids go to public school and like, this is structure and order for the good of the collective. Right. Um, and I feel like what we're really seeing this year is emperor reversed. And so when a card comes reversed, I look at its shadow And some people don't read reversals. It doesn't matter. There's a light and a shadow to every card, right? So it's more toxic masculinity. So this is control, aggression, violence. This is a corrupt system. And it's exactly what we're seeing. We're looking at the systemic corruption in in our government. We're looking at a president who acts like a dictator. We're looking at a system of policing that is meant and was created to oppress people of color. Um, And we're just looking at how that system has continued to be funded and fed by rich white men. Yeah. You know, and how like things as simple as defunding the police and giving that money to healthcare workers and people who, you know, are more equipped to deal with a mentally ill person walking down the street. So instead of getting murdered, you know, he gets sent to a facility where he can, you know, receive help and, you know, and so this is, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing this corruption in the system. So do what it, okay, so when we talk about all this stuff, I think, I know for me, for instance, like even when this racism stuff started to even come to light, I was like, I'm exhausted already of fear of, you know, the anxious feelings that I've been having because of coronavirus and how that's affected my life in general, how that's affected our world in general. And so I think it's really easy this year to get pretty bogged down with all of it. Is there some sort of like bright side of just like these changes that you see at all? I mean, obviously I know the bright side. That's not the right way to say that. It's like, how do we get through to where it's just like we can embrace this as a positive? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And you know, I think that, We have to remember a couple of things. We have to remember one that like we as a culture and as a people are resilient. Yeah. We've been through this before, not in our lifetimes and not in our parents' lifetimes, but like we have handled pandemics. We have handled revolutions. Like, and we continue to grow and evolve. And I think that sometimes when we feel so like overwhelmed and overburdened that we forget um, how truly like resilient we are. Yeah. Like, and that also like if we band together, like it only makes us stronger. And so this time is going to require strength (laughs) and courage and resiliency. You know, it's not a time for like weak hearted, um, victimhood and things like this, um, that we really need to call on our reserves and our strength and on whatever makes us feel, um, connected, like Mm. whether that's your God or your angels or your ancestors, like we're doing this work for them, you know, like we are standing on the backs of our ancestors to continue to, to do what, 
society is asking us to do, which is like wake up and change. And like, they're proud of us. And, um, but we can also call on them for support and for guidance. Um, and I think that's a really important part of right now. Mm -hmm. I think it's also really important just to remember that like, this is a time when we have to, our nervous systems have to handle a lot more than like we ever have in the past and technology is making that really intense because like in the past you never would be able to just like pick up this device that's on you at all times and see news from all over the world right um and it's really really overwhelming and so I think it's really important to also take breaks with that Mm -hmm. because like our pleasure and our joy is revolutionary And so we can't just like fight all of the time. Like, because that's what capitalism wants us to do. It wants us to like work ourselves to death in order to like serve the man. And I know I sound like, um, I don't know. No, I mean, I think think that that's true though, because it's like, I actually didn't even realize how much I worked until I stopped doing that for a couple months. And now I'm like, I cannot, like, I physically cannot do it. It is insane the amount of, like, my body will just shut down after a certain amount of time or my brain just is like, okay, I'm done. Like, I did this for a couple hours and I can't do this anymore. And I used to do it for, like, 12 hours. You know what I mean? It's just, like, the capacity that I have to just go, go, go is so much lower now that I've actually been forced to slow down. And so... But I don't think I would have ever realized it if I hadn't been forced to. So those are the that, kind of things. Yeah. yeah. That's the silver lining. Like right. that's the gift. And yeah. like, if that's your question, like what are we looking for? Like when else besides in quarantine did you take six walks a day? Like right. Never. when else yeah. did you know? I know every single one of my neighbors. Like, right. My four-year-old daughter like has relationships with people who live three blocks away that like I never, she right. just talks to them as they're walking by while she's standing on the porch and then yeah. we'll go for a walk and they're like, hey Ruby. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Um, and so like there's this connection that's happening and like when else, like I have a bigger garden this year than I've ever had yeah like these things these are like the little silver linings is like remembering to take pleasure in these simple things in the change of the seasons you know this happens where we are in the spring um when we are able to like plant gardens and enjoy the you know the flowers blooming and like to even notice the things right in front of you I don't Mm -hmm. think that I was doing that you know to rest in a society that tells you to work is revolutionary. Yeah. To receive in a society that tells you to always give is revolutionary. Like to just mm. embrace feminine energy and sit and be quiet and still and do nothing is revolutionary. And like we're in the middle of a revolution and like we have to remember that simply caring and nourishing for ourselves, like ourselves on a soul level is revolutionary. And it's not like this, like branded whitewashed self care that we see, you know, right. <laughs> that can be like, you know, you have to do this special bath with all of these ingredients right. and like take all these adaptogens and buy and buy and buy because it's based around capitalism. But like true nourishment and care is walking out to my garden and, you know, 
picking some lettuce and some herbs and making a salad. Like mm-hmm. it's that simple. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, you know, just returning to those basics, like I got to shop in a way that I've always wanted to shop by just like not going to big stores and buying from local farmers markets that were doing like um, deliveries to individuals instead of restaurants that were all closed down. And like, you know, I think that this type of self-care, this really simple type of self-care of just like giving ourselves more time and more space, disconnecting from our phones, um, is within itself like so much medicine. I love that. I love looking at the self-care, the slow down, the focusing on what's right in front of you as revolutionary. I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, where can people find you? Because I, like I said, I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I follow your Instagram and your card readings every day really do help me. It's kind of like a part of my meditation. So tell people where they can find you. So my website is just my name with my middle initial. It's hollydramey.com. I have a blog on there. I put up just like medicine for every season. Right now we're in cancer season. Um, I have my Instagram, which is the same, Um And I have a podcast myself called Tarot Talk. Tarot um, Talk. I love that name. Yeah. And that on that, I actually do a reading for every new moon and full moon so if you really want some extra like I do the daily cards for every day on Instagram and then on the podcast I'll pull a whole spread and I'll talk about the energy of that two-week period and kind of like what the collective themes are what we're releasing what we're asking to kind of bring in um so yeah there's there's all kinds of stuff on there tune into that Um, all right. Well, Holly, thank you for being here. I honestly, this was very insightful for me and I hope it was for all you guys listening. I like the idea of just leaning into our shadow and like looking at that, observing without judgment. And I think like what you said, that is the revolution that's happening right now. Yeah. And I think one of the best, actually, I'm going to add to that question that you just asked me. One of the best ways to do that is through like, just like quietness and stillness and there's this one particular meditation that I love okay it's called rain it's a buddhist meditation but it stands for like recognizing how we're feeling okay allowing for those feelings to be present investigating the beliefs that we have Mm. underneath those feelings and then offering nourishment to ourselves um so it's an acronym called rain rain and my favorite teacher, Tara Brock, does guided rain meditations on her podcast and her website. So I'll send you that information Amazing. so you can yeah. link it. I saw that actually on your Instagram. But yeah, I would love that. And I'll link it in the description of this podcast so you guys can go listen to it too. Rain. That's a really good one. Yeah. Amazing. Holly, thank you so much. It was so good to talk to you again. It feels like it's been so long, but it really hasn't. (laughs) I know. I know. It was great. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.